Ave Maria, what a great and beautiful day. I'm recording this on December 8th, the Feast of the Immaculate Conception of our Blessed Lady, Ever-Virgin Theotoko. So I'm going to talk a little bit about what that mystery means, and I will quote a good pope from our church, Pius IX, as he declares as dogma of the Immaculate Conception. I'll read that for you, but then I'm also going to share some other news, which is sad, and that is the denial, at least materially, formally, I don't know, can't judge a man's soul, can't judge a man's interior mind, but at least materially, the denial of the Immaculate Conception of the Blessed Lady by Pope Francis. Actually happened three years ago. I think I've referenced it once before, uh, but we're going to circle back to that speech, a Christmas message that he gave in December of 2018. I have it on the screen here if you want to go ahead and preview that. Um, and we have to pray the rosary, and we have to do penance. You know, the common themes of the apparitions of Our Lady are penance, pray the rosary, interior conversion. We must turn our hearts, our minds, everything we do towards Jesus Christ. And a means for our time to do that is praying the rosary. She repeats it over and over and over. So we'll discuss those things today. We'll talk about the truth of the Immaculate Conception as defined by Pope Pius IX. And then we'll talk about the untruth of the Immaculate Conception as stated wrongly by Pope Francis. I think we'll begin with a prayer and I think we'll... We usually begin with the Our Father, but I want to start today, we're going to start off with the Hail Mary. So I'm going to put the Hail Mary on the screen and invite you to pray with me. In nomine Patris, et Fidei, et Spiritus Sancti, Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum, benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, or pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et et or mortis nostre, Amen. Our Lady, the Immaculate Conception, pray for us. In nomine Patris, et Fidei, et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Well, let me just begin today by saying, you know, this is not a pylon to Pope Francis. It's a defense of the one true faith. Um, if people in leadership, your pastor, your bishop, your pope, are saying things that are confusing, then we need to set them straight, not by our own opinion, not by our own thoughts, but by the previous magisterium. So, I'm going to read this statement from Francis. This is from December 21st, 2018. You can see it on the screen over my left shoulder, the right side of your screen. Here's what he said. The Madonna and St. Joseph are full of joy. And by the way, in Amer I'm going to pause here. In America, sadly, we think of the term Madonna with that performer lady who sings, uh, who was popular in the '80s, and I don't know if she's still popular. But uh, Madonna, of course, just means my lady. Uh, maybe closer to how we say in English, Our Lady, but it means my lady. It's just a reference to the Blessed Virgin Mary. So, in Francis is speaking Italian in this quote, so he says Madonna. The Madonna and St. Joseph are full of joy. 
they look at the child Jesus and they are happy because after a thousand worries, they have accepted this gift of God with so much faith and love. They are overflowing with holiness and therefore with joy. And you will tell me, of course, they are the Madonna and St. Joseph. Yes, but let us not think it was easy for them. Saints are not born. They become thus. And this is true for them too. Pope Francis Christmas message, 21st of December, 2018. My friends, it pains me to say that this is incorrect. The people who heard him say this were led astray. In the Catholic Church, on the liturgical calendar, hanging right there on the wall next to me, we celebrate the birthdays of only three persons. Chiefly, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, whom we celebrate on, the, on December 25th, and I have written a book on that. It's not in print. I'm going to bring it back. It's called God's Birthday, Why Christ Was Born on December 25th. Do y'all want me to bring that back? I think people do. I hear I get a lot of requests for it. I just need to get on it. I was thinking I'd get it done this year, but I didn't. So maybe 2022 will be the year. So we celebrate the birthdays of three people. Our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The Blessed Virgin Mary. And St. John the Baptist. And that's it. No one else has a birthday on the liturgical calendar. Why is that? Well, there were only three. See, the liturgical calendar celebrates saints. Latin, sanctus, sancta, holy ones, holy man or holy woman. And the reason there's only three birthdays on the calendar is because Christ our Lord was born on Christmas Day perfectly holy. He's the second person of the Trinity. So it is a hallowed, sanctified day. Can't celebrate my birthday because I was born in original sin, just like you were. The next day is the birthday, the nativity of the Blessed Virgin Mary. She also left the womb of St. Anne, her mother, Saved, a saint, sanctified by the Holy Spirit, full of grace. So on the day that she was conceived, but also on the day in which she was born, it was a hallowed, sanctified day. And so the church celebrates September 8th as the birthday of the Blessed Virgin Mary. Because it's a saint day. Her birth was sanctified. She was fully a saint on the day she was born. The third person that we celebrate her birthday for on the liturgical calendar is St. John the Baptist. You might say, now why is that, Marshall? Because John the Baptist wasn't God like Jesus Christ. He didn't receive the Immaculate Conception like the Blessed Virgin Mary. But we do read in St. Luke's Gospel, in chapter 1, when Our Lady goes to visit, she's pregnant with our Lord, she goes to visit St. Elizabeth, her kinswoman, who is pregnant with John the Baptist. And when the greeting of the Blessed Virgin Mary reaches the ears of St. Elizabeth, the infant baby John the Baptist leaps 
and is filled with the Holy Spirit. So John the Baptist, the church fathers and the doctors of the church, teach was not conceived immaculately. He was conceived by Saint Anne and Saint, or sorry, Saint Elizabeth and Saint Zachary in original sin. But when he was in the womb, when the voice of the Virgin Mary pregnant with Christ, by the way, this shows that Mary is a mediatrix. She's an instrument of grace to other people. When her voice, just her voice, reaches St. Elizabeth, that is the instrument by which the Holy Spirit uses to vivify and to hallow, to sanctify the baby in the womb, John the Baptist. And so when John the Baptist is born, he is already a saint. He is justified. He is regenerated. He is sanctified. He is redeemed already. And so the church calendar has these three birthdays on them. Now we have Francis saying something that is not true. He says, saints are not born, they become thus. And this is true for them too. No, no, no. Mary was born a saint. Otherwise, it would be a lie to have her birthday, her nativity on the liturgical calendar for all of these centuries, for the 1900s and the 1800s and all the way back. Same with John the Baptist. This is a denial of not only the sanctity of her nativity, of her nativity, but the sanctity of her conception in the womb of the Blessed Virgin, uh, in the womb, excuse me, of St. Anne, the mother of the Blessed Virgin Mary. Now, what is the Immaculate Conception? Some people, there's a lot of confusion on this, they wrongly believe that the Immaculate Conception is the virginal conception of Christ. They think the word Immaculate Conception means a conception without a father, and that's wrong. Immaculate comes from Latin macula, just macula, means stain, like, oh, I got a macula here on my shirt or on my jacket. That's a stain, macula. Immaculate, immaculata, that i means not stained. So immaculate means stainless. So if you had a perfectly white linen tablecloth that had not one blemish on it, you could say, that is an immaculate tablecloth. That's what immaculate means, not, not without a father. That's called a virginal conception. Immaculate conception means that Mary was conceived in her mother's womb without the macula, without the stain of original sin. What is original sin? St. Thomas Aquinas teaches us Original sin is the privation or the lack of grace, justice, and sanctity. So let me ask you this. Without baptism, you were born in this world. Were you born with grace? Nope. Church teachers, you weren't. Were you, were you born with original justice, like Adam and Eve were created? Nope, you didn't get that either. Were you born with sanctity in you? Were you already sanctified? Nope, you weren't. It requires baptism to elevate you to those levels of regeneration, justification, and sanctification. Thus teaches the Council of Trent. All right, so what does 
the church teach on what we must hold when it comes to the Immaculate Conception? I'm going to read from the decree of Pope Pius IX. And it says, Illustrious monuments of a venerated antiquity of the Eastern and of the Western Church most powerfully testify that this doctrine of the Immaculate Conception of the Most Blessed Virgin, every day more and more so splendidly explained and confirmed by the highest authority, teaching, zeal, science, and wisdom of the Church, and so wonderfully propagated amongst all the nations and peoples of the Catholic world, always existed in the church as received from our ancestors and stamped with the character of a divine revelation. For the church of Christ, careful guardian and defender of the dogmas deposited with her, changes not, nothing in them, diminishes nothing, adds nothing, but with all industry, by faithful, faithfully and wisely treating ancient things, so studies to limit and perfect their expression that these ancient dogmas of heavenly faith may receive evidence, light, distinction, but may still retain their fullness, integrity, and propriety, and may increase only in their own kind, that is, in the same sense and the same belief. So Pius IX is saying, look, this has always been in the church, east and west. And I know if you ask your Greek or Russian Orthodox friend, hey, do you believe in the Immaculate Conception? He's like, oh, no, we don't believe in that. That's heresy. We don't believe in original sin. Ask them a different way. Ask your Russian Orthodox Rokor Orthobro, say, hey, do you believe Mary has ever sinned? And even the slightest way, they'll say no. Has Mary ever had a sinful thought or a tiniest sinful action? No. Is Mary, from the moment of her initial creation, her conception, is she panagia? That's Greek, panagia, pan all agia, holy. Is she panagia from the very moment? And they'll say yes. You're getting to the same idea using the Eastern lingo, the Eastern, the Greek parlance. Now listen to Pius IX. And as you listen to Pius IX here, ask yourself, does this match what Francis said in 2018? Doesn't. They don't fit. They don't fit. Pius IX. To the honor of the most holy and undivided Trinity, to the glory and adornment of the Virgin Mother of God, to the exaltation of the Catholic faith and the increase of the Catholic religion, by the authority of Jesus Christ our Lord, of the blessed apostles Peter and Paul, we declare, pronounce, and define that the doctrine which holds that the blessed Virgin Mary, at the first instant of her conception, by a singular privilege and grace of the omnipotent God, in virtue of the merits of Jesus Christ, the Savior of mankind was preserved immaculate from all stain of original sin, has been revealed by God, and therefore should firmly and constantly be believed by all the faithful. Wherefore, if any shall dare, which God avert, to think otherwise than as it has been defined by us, let them know and understand that they are condemned by their own judgment, that they have suffered shipwreck of the faith and have revolted from the unity of the church. And besides, by their own act, 
They subject themselves to the penalties justly established if what they think they should dare to signify by word, writing, or any other outward means. End quote. Pius IX. This is serious. Pius IX is not saying, well, I think the Immaculate Conception is a good idea. It's a good devotion. Highly encourage people to be into it. Check it out. Do your own research. No. Pius IX says that he declares, pronounces, and defines that the doctrine which holds that the Blessed Virgin Mary at the first instant of her conception by a singular privilege and grace of the omnipotent God in virtue of the merits of Jesus Christ, the Savior of mankind, was preserved immaculate from all stain of sin, has been revealed by God, and therefore should be firmly, constantly be believed by all the faithful. Not a suggestion, not a good idea, not an interesting concept from church history, absolutely binding on the Christian conscience. No cafeteria Catholicism allowed when it comes to the Immaculate Conception of the Blessed Virgin Mary. You have to believe in it. You have to hold it. Then Pius IX brings down judgments. A woe unto you if you reject the Immaculate Conception. He says, Wherefore, if any shall dare, which God avert, to think otherwise has been defined by us, let them know and understand that they are condemned by their own judgment. If you're a Catholic and you go out publicly or if I got on a YouTube or a podcast and I started speaking against the sanctity of the Blessed Virgin Mary in her conception, in the womb of St. Anne, in her birth, in her life, in her death, anywhere but from conception to her glorious assumption, I would be condemned. Condemned. And yet... We see Pope Francis on December 21st, 2018, denying the reality where he says, I repeat him erroneously, let us not think it was easy for them. Saints are not born. They become thus. And this is true for them too. No, she was already a perfect saint when she came forth from St. Anne's womb. Pius IX is even more strict. He says, let them know and understand that they are condemned by their own judgment, that they have suffered shipwreck of the faith and have revolted from the unity of the church. How can it be that you have a man claiming to be Pope, Pope Francis, and he has revolted from the unity of the church? I know this is uncomfortable. I know you don't like me hearing this. I'm asking the question out loud. It's the question that everyone thinks that no one says. You can throw tomatoes at me all you want. I'm just bringing up the question that's obvious. How can Pius IX say that you have shipwrecked the faith and revolted from the unity of the church and then you have a man who's supposed to be Pope who says these things? Pius IX also says, and besides, by their own act, they subject, they subject themselves to the penalties 
justly established if what they think they should dare to signify by word, writing, or any other outward means. How about preaching in the Vatican? How can any Catholic who believes the Immaculate Conception say that Mary and Joseph were not saints? Well, I, I actually hold that Joseph was sanctified in his mother's womb. It's a private devotion. St. Francis de Sales, many other saints hold that. It's not dogma, so don't worry about it. I've written some articles on it. If you go to taylormarshall.com, my blog, and type in um, St. Joseph sanctified in the womb, I have a few articles there and give you the saints who teach that. But we know that Our Lady dogmatically, 100%, infallibly, we know that she was a saint, a santa, full of grace, panagia in the moment of her conception. In fact, the fathers teach her sanctity is greater than the sanctity of all the saints and angels combined. So you take St. Michael, St. Raphael, St. Gabriel, all the angels. Then you take St. Peter and St. Uh, Paul and St. Mark and St. Matthew and then all the martyrs. You take all that sanctity. You put it all together on one side of a scale. And then you take the sanctity of the Blessed Virgin Mary. The sanctity of the Blessed Virgin Mary is higher than all the saints combined. What Francis is saying here is Protestant. It pains me to say it. I don't want to say it. I didn't even want to make this show. I was going to make a happy show where we just talked about the Immaculate Conception and maybe get into a little Thomas Aquinas and did he really deny it, but I've already made that video a couple times. This error needs to be corrected. It has to be corrected. I honestly don't see how anyone could hear this, read this, and say, yeah, that's legit. That totally corresponds with Pius IX. It doesn't. We are dealing with contradictions. Contradictions. I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't know what to do about it. I know we're living in infiltration. I know there's some sketchy stuff. I've talked about it dozens of times about the unusual resignation of Ben XVI and the unusual conclave with too many ballots on one day way back in 2013. And then the just constant overflow of statements that offend pious ears that we have heard since 2013 unto our very day. The updating, the transformation of, or the attempt to update and transform the one true faith. Good news is, there is no one on earth, even if he were to be Pope or Holy Roman Emperor, there is, or Antichrist, there is no one on earth, no matter how powerful he or she might be, who can ever step up to the Blessed Virgin Mary. She, by the merits and power of Jesus Christ, has so much sanctity that she can crush the head of Satan. 
She, she is the greatest philosopher. She is the greatest theologian. She is the greatest saint. She is the greatest mother. She is the greatest human creature that has ever been made. And for the humiliation of the enemies of Christ, he uses lovingly, he brings forward his immaculate mother to embarrass and defeat the legions of Satan. Satan hates of course, he tempted Eve, the woman, and now he is thwarted over and over by the new Eve, the mother of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so while we shrug our shoulders and we have heartburn and we get stressed and upset by these horrible things that are said about Our Lady, like this statement in 2018, we can pick up the beads, rattle the beads, pray the rosary, and ask Our Lady to come forward, to come on stage and crush the head of the serpent. Smash the head of the dragon. That's all we can do. Even if they took away the mass from us. Even if they took away where we couldn't get to church, like that happened to many of us in 20, uh, 2020. Even still, we can pray the rosary when the Catholics in Japan didn't have a hierarchy, didn't have a priesthood. They had Our Lady. They kept the faith. They prayed the rosary. And it's been that way for many people. St. Maximilian Kolbe in a death camp. We know from historical testimony, he continued to pray the rosary. He couldn't say Mass, but he had the rosary. They can't take it away. want to learn more about the rosary check out my book i just gave it away in a free webinar but if you want a copy you can uh, get a signed one on patreon in time for christmas uh, or you can just get one on amazon or a catholic bookstore but it'll give you in 50 pages the history of the rosary why the rosary is important how it's powerful the miracles that have happened in history with the rosary and how our lady uses it as the battering ram the sword the weapon against the enemies of Christ. So let's pray the rosary. And you know what? How many are on here today? 1,300 of you. Let's all pray a rosary or at least a decade for Francis. It's not good that any human person would ever say that Mary was not born a saint. Not good. We have to pray for conversions, our own conversions. And you know what? There's mistaken ideas in all of our minds. Mine too. There's something that I don't have right. There's something that I don't understand. And I need the Holy Spirit to show me that and bring me into the truth. Why? So I can know Jesus Christ more intimately. Go to heaven. Become a saint myself. So let's pray that rosary. Let's read our Bible. It's Advent, a time of penance. Eat less on Fridays. Maybe don't eat meat on Fridays and Wednesdays. Maybe extend your Eucharistic fast. If you do one hour, do three hours. Again, I'm just a dad on a webcam. Don't do things because I said it. Do your own research. Talk to your own priest. Talk to Jesus in prayer. Discern. All right. Pray the rosary every day. Or you're not on the team. Where's the icon? There it is. There she is, the beautiful Immaculate Conception. I'm going to take this bad quote down because I don't like this quote. 
No bueno. No bueno. Pray the rosary every day. You're not on the team. If you uh, found this helpful, if you learned a little something, like the video, share it on Facebook. I would appreciate it. And if you're new, hit that subscribe button. It's in the bottom right corner. Um, or you can go to the page and you can hit the subscribe button there. And hit the bell and you'll be notified every time we go live. If you want a signed copy of Rosary in 50 Pages or any other books that I've written, you can go to patreon.com forward slash dr. Taylor Marshall. If you're looking for a Catholic community, you want to sell your house and move somewhere else, go to realestateforlife.org. They can put you in touch with some good pro-life Catholic real estate agents who can help you sell your house and maybe move to a place where there's a traditional Latin mass, traditional community, a good school, something like that. Realestateforlife.org can help you with that. And um, what else? Oh, um, a lot of you on Instagram were asking about the NFTs. I don't know if this is going to be worth it, but we did throw up. I did make some NFTs and put them up over there on OpenSea. I don't even know how OpenSea works yet, but they're over there. I don't know if they work, but uh, just put up some NFTs of just some humorous, funny quotes from the and images from the podcast. Like, let's see if this works. Hermeneutic continuity, Apple teenies, etc. That's all over at OpenSea if you want to check it out. Again, I don't know. We'll see if it works out. People ask for it. It's pretty easy to, to make and put up there, but I don't know how it's going to actually work on that platform. All right, let's pray another Hail Mary at the end. Let's do three Hail Marys. Let's do three Hail Marys. One for the church, one for Francis, and one for our local bishop. And then we'll also do the glory be in th uh, gratitude for the Blessed Virgin Mary and her Immaculate Conception, Oremus. Nomini Patris et Fidei et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Three Hail Marys. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum. Benedicta tu in mulieribus et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, or pronobis peccatoribus, nunc et mortis nostre. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum, benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, or pronobis peccatoribus, nunc et mortis nostre. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum, benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, or pronobis peccatoribus, nunc et mortis nostre. Amen. And in gratitude for Our Lady and the gift of Our Lady in the Church, Gloria Patri, et Filio, et Spiritui Sancto, sicuterat in principio, et nunc, et semper, et in secula seculorum. Amen. Nomini Patris, et Filii, et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Our Lady Immaculate Conception, pray for us. St. Joseph, pray for us. All right, good friends, enjoy this feast day. Make sure you have some good food, good party. You know, maybe you um, you drink that Abbey Ale tonight to celebrate, or you do something special, you make a cake with your kids, or get your favorite ice cream and pray some extra rosaries, and just make today a special feast day. To maybe make the Immaculate Conception 2021 the most fun and exciting feast of the Immaculate Conception you've ever celebrated. Make it a big deal. Make it fun. And till next time, remember, our Lord Jesus Christ says you're the light of the world and the salt of the earth. So go out there and be salty. God bless and Godspeed. <laughs>